0: Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I'm Bailiff Jesse Thorne. This week on the show, the stick shift rift. Cosmo brings the case against his wife, Jen. They have a two-car household. Cosmo's car is newer and more reliable. Jen's car is older and sometimes needs repair. Cosmo says he'd be happy to let his wife drive his car when hers is in the shop. He could just go to work on his motorcycle. But there's a catch. She doesn't drive a manual transmission, and she refuses to learn. Jen says she's tried learning manual, and she just doesn't think it would be safe for her to drive stick with her infant in the car. Why don't they just buy a more reliable car and solve the problem that way? Should Jen learn to drive manual and stick it out with her old car? Or should the family buy her something new? Only one man can decide. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman enters the courtroom. Well, this car is automatic.
1: It's systematic. It's hydromatic. Why, it's greased Hodgman. (laughs) You may swear them in.
0: Please rise and raise your right hands. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God or whatever?
2: We do, or I I do.
0: Cosmo? Yes. Do you swear to abide by Judge John Hodgman's ruling despite the fact that he travels exclusively by means of lighter-than-air airship? Yes. Yes. Very well, Judge Hodgman.
1: A lighter-than-air airship with a manual transmission, by the way.
2: Oh, no. (laughs) Uh,
1: Now, I'm not going to ask you guys to identify the quote because that's obvious. It is from... Grease. Right, Grease. Jen? Yes. You do not drive a manual transmission car?
2: No, I do not.
1: Okay, and and Cosmo? Yes. If that is your name, you do drive a manual transmission car? I do. All right. What kind of car do you have, Cosmo? I have a 2005 Honda Civic. With a manual um, manual transmission? transmission. Okay. Seems like a safe, reliable car. Mm -hmm. What color is it? It's... I'm going to call it gunmetal gray. And does it have sirens? It does not. Is that a, a baby? Oh, that's a baby siren. Do you need to go take care of your baby?
3: No, he's here. He just wants to make a lot of noise.
1: I see. Normally we don't have babies in the courtroom, but this is at issue. Is it not, Jen? It is. Is it not the case that you do not want to drive a manual transmission car because of babies? somehow.
2: That is correct. Okay. Explain, explain I me your think position. It's, safe. it's not safe. I I've tried to learn how to drive it. I get really bad anxiety. It makes me way too nervous. And I'm just scared that I would stall in the middle of an intersection or I wouldn't be able to stop. And I'd hit a car and I'm just looking out for the safety of our little baby.
1: Of course, that is the fear that everyone has when they are learning to drive a manual transmission car. Exactly. Having a manual transmission car does not mean that the brakes do not work, however. <laughs> in fact in fact, I would say your your bigger fear and more reasonable of your of your two fears is that you would stop when you wanted to go rather than going when you wanted to stop.
2: There you go. Because
1: getting a manual transmission car to go at all is much harder than in an automatic transmission car.
2: I've noticed.
1: Now your automatic transmission car is a what kind of car?
2: It's a ninety five Honda Civic.
1: Oh, they're both Civics.
2: They are. Did,
1: did I remember that correctly?
2: Yes, they both are.
1: Uh, and, and this is a 95, so it's an older car. It is. Do you have difficulty with it?
2: No, I love my car. It just um, happens to break down quite frequently and get stolen quite frequently. Stolen? And broken into.
1: Stolen quite frequently?
2: <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> how, how often has it been stolen?
2: Just once. But it's been broken into about 3 times. Okay,
1: once is not quite frequently. Yeah. But it's been broken into lots of times? It has. What are they taking out of this car?
2: Um everything that's in there. My stereo has been stolen a couple times. Uh, I had some sunglasses, all of my CDs have been stolen twice now.
1: Where do you where do you uh where do you reside again?
2: <laughs> Mesa, Arizona.
1: Okay. Making a note to myself. Mesa, Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> Do not live. Uh, okay, so your so your car is uh it's uh, it's now a porous piece of garbage.
2: Yes, basically. I, basically, but I love it.
1: How I love
2: wh- my car. Describe
1: to me why you why you love it.
2: I have a slight problem of getting attached to things, mm-hmm. and so I've had it for like this baby you have,
1: like this baby yeah, you're like talking about. Mm-hmm.
2: It's a problem.
1: What kind of baby <laughs> is it?
2: It's a a human baby.
1: Right. What style? It's a white Uh, male.
2: A white male boy. 2011 model.
1: A boy. (laughs) A 2011 boy? Yes. What's his name? Cosmo (laughs) 2?
3: His name's Van.
1: His name's Van. It's
3: ironic because uh, he rides in a car.
1: Mm, That's not ironic. Note to court. Rename baby. (laughs) And verdict. (laughs) I'm sure he's a lovely child. Of course, his opinion doesn't matter. So you're attached. You get attached to things. Name some other things you've you've become attached to.
2: I do. I have a um, old Nokia phone that is 11 years old. The same phone I've had for about 11 years. Mm -hmm. I refuse to get rid of that. Mm -hmm. He gives me a hard time about that too. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. Just it's. I I could just get attached to.
1: Does the Nokia phone come with its own attache case for carrying it around?
2: <laughs> I don't even know what that is.
1: <laughs> um, I would think that you would know what an attache case is because you love old things very much. <laughs> Jen, is the problem here, let me, let me ask you a question, and I want you to be honest for once in your life. Okay. Is the question here whether you are anxious about learning to drive a manual transmission, or is the question here whether or not you are a hoarder? <laughs>
2: That's been discussed.
1: Has um, it? Oh, really?
2: No, I'm not a hoarder.
0: Okay. Uh, so uh, I uh, could uh, uh, that means be quiet, please. Cosmo. <laughs> Just so you guys know, Judge Hodgman has an audition later today to be in the Manhattan transfer. Well, this should be good practice, then. Tip of the tongue, top of the teeth. Tip of the. What is it? What is it, Red guys? Red leather, yellow leather. You toy boat,
1: toy boat, toy boat, toy boat, toy boat, toy boat, toy boat. Does Jen have a problem with hoarding?
3: Uh, I wouldn't call her a hoarder. Um, I would call her a pack rat, and she does have uh, an unnatural uh, affection for things that she shouldn't care about,
1: such Besides as 11-year-old
3: Nokia phones.
1: Right, and a, and a 12-year-old car. Yes. Now, make, well, the, make the case here, okay? You're saying she should learn to drive a manual, right? Um, my case why, is Why should she be more afraid of her current car than the manual transmission car that you want her to be able to drive?
3: I don't think that her car is something to be feared. It's just unreliable. And it's just something that, you know, I I have no problem with, um, you know, an automatic transmission. I've had several
1: cars that are both manual and well,
0: Well, not both. Wait a minute. Wait a minute.
1: Unreliable, I think, does translate to danger, does it not? You live in a lawless wasteland, it turns out, (laughs) (laughs) populated by characters from Breaking Bad who are smashing in civics all the time. Jen, have you ever have you ever been stranded in the middle of Arizona in a car that does not go?
2: I've never been stranded.
1: What does that mean?
2: I, I've never been stranded in a car that does not go.
1: Right, because in what hap- what happens is you get stranded, and then you turn the crank on the Nokia to uh, mm-hmm. to ring central to have them page uh, your uh, your husband's beeper that you make him wear so that he comes exactly. and gets you.
2: <laughs> and it gets me to where I need to go. Basically, is that true? It's foolproof.
3: Uh, she, she'll call me or her father. Uh, he lives there. Her parents live about seven miles from us. So, you know, between between me and her uh, immediate family, she can usually find a fix if she's in a fix. How often sense. how often is this happening? Recently, um, well,
1: right. Our, our son is five months
3: old now, right after he was born. Okay, you don't you don't get stolen. to get
1: you don't you don't have to get braggy with your son. I know you're <laughs> proud of new parents. Uh, her her car was stolen right after he was born. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, it was gone for, I want to say, at least three weeks, where she was stranded without a car, and then just recently, as of um, last month, beginning of February, she had a problem with uh, her car overheating and it was losing water. And so,
1: wait a minute. The car uh, was stolen for three weeks and then it was recovered. Recovered. Yes. yes. Tell me about that, Jen.
2: That was unfortunate.
1: Well, that it was recovered. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Were you hoping it would never <laughs> it would never be recovered? What would have well, What would it, have happened it, if it had not been recovered? Would you Would your insurance have covered it?
2: No. No. We didn't have full coverage on it.
1: Some uh, meth enthusiast took your car <laughs> for three weeks, did things in it, and then returned it. Or how was it recovered? It was recovered by the police, and I think. The well, I, I'm glad that dead. you're not a, a vigilante. But t- 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 <laughs> where did they find it? Uh, it was, oh, gosh,
3: they didn't give us the exact location, but they said it was about 10 miles from our house, uh-huh. and kind of a
1: quote-unquote bad part of town. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, Which is to say town. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. So, uh, but I and think. And what, think- what was the condition that it was in when, when it was, when, how, how did, I'm just curious at this point, because this has never happened to me. How did, how did you get it back? Did you have to go somewhere to pick it up? Uh,
3: well, here's the other thing is that I, I would say Jen's afraid of change because her car is still registered in her dad's name. So they had to go through her dad to recover it. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, they basically, the, the county police found it. They sent it to a tow yard. Um, he and I went and picked it up. And at that point, it was, it was in, you know, it wasn't drivable. They had uh, messed with the steering column and the ignition mm-hmm. so that we couldn't fit a key in there and, and turn, the, turn the ignition uh, but and, we had it towed to our mechanic to have it worked on, and uh, you know.
1: And where were, and were Jen missing. during this whole procedure hmm. of the recovery of your car, where were you? At I home, was
2: home with my brand new baby. At home with your at baby. That, mm-hmm, that drink, point, he was only about a month old.
1: Were you drinking some Crystal Light and listening to eight track cassette tapes? <laughs> I was
2: <laughs> <laughs> Crystal Pepsi.
1: Oh, nice! I had that Pepsi <laughs> Clear one time. That was unnerving. <laughs> it was like ghost Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> Love that stuff. Uh, Jen, you're 29. Yes. Uh, How do you feel about uh, having a car registered in your dad's name until you were 29 years old?
2: That's just because I never got around to changing it. It had nothing, I don't know, it's just because of pure laziness, basically. Because when I bought it, I was still living at home. And Mm -hmm. I was still under my, I was paying my dad insurance, but I was under their insurance. Mm -hmm. And it was cheaper to have it. Registered under his name for some reason. I don't know what all the logistics were, but so they had it registered in his name, and then I just never changed it.
1: <laughs> what do you think about uh, uh, John's assertion that you are um, that you are afraid of change? You were just afraid of change.
2: I that that's true. I'll give him that.
1: Oh, okay. Can you guys afford a new car?
2: Um. Yeah yes and no. I mean, he goes to school full time. He's working full time. And I just, I quit my job when I had our baby. So we've lost my income, but we have a little bit of savings where we could, we could swing it. I don't need anything fancy.
1: Mm -hmm. Just not a manual transmission.
2: Just not a manual transition. Exactly.
1: Because there are two issues here. One is whether you should get a new car and two, whether you should learn manual, right? Right. Cosmo? Yes. Now I will talk to you. you. Did you want to say something there? I do. On, on the lines of having her car registered in her dad's name,
3: she is also actually still on her mother's phone plan and refuses to change <laughs> that so that we have separate phone plans because she will not – she refuses to change her phone plan.
2: This is I'm not, not airing to, our dirty
1: laundry. Even I'm not sure how that's relevant.
2: It's not. It's not.
1: It's just a, She's afraid of change. How does it make you feel that she is still on your on her mother's phone plan? It just Cosmo? costs us extra money every month. It's not. It's not a big deal, but it's just. You know, it's a big enough deal that you're going to tell America about it. What's the problem? Oh, but just crap. that she's and don't afraid say of change. That she's afraid of change. Yeah. Before we get into more issues of uh, how <laughs> Jen still has phone plans under her parents' name and still goes home <laughs> for dinner all the time, and they. <laughs> They pay her bills and sign her checks and whatever it is. Do you, do you want to just, so that we can settle this other issue, we, can you just say, Jen, I wish you would grow up? I've told her several times. Well, you want to say, say it right. No, of course, of course. But if you want to get that off your chest, now's the time. If not, you want to hold this stuff and deal with you it later. What, uh, I think that'll be a private conversation we'll have. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> You're the one who brought this thing up.
0: <laughs> you made your
1: bets, is sir. it the case? Is it the case that you would like Jen to just sort of separate the ties a little bit from the parents?
3: No, no, I I, I really like her family. They
1: they are good people, and they they do a lot for us, and I appreciate them. But um,
2: he's saying that because he knows they'll be listening, well. right?
1: And he, but he, and he's also relying on them to give you rides all the time because you won't drive. <laughs> you won't drive his uh, stick shift. I wouldn't rely on him if she'd learn how to drive a stick, though. Your name is John, but you call yourself Cosmo. That's correct. You. Uh, you have an alternate form of transportation, which is a motorcycle, right? Yes. Right. And which is
2: dangerous. And
1: you drive a manual transmission, and you're kind of a snob about it. <laughs> is it also the case that you wear goggles all the time and dress in Victorian waistcoats?
2: Oh, I wish he would.
1: <laughs> is your motorcycle a penny-farthing motorcycle, sir? <laughs> uh, no, that'd be exceedingly dangerous. All right. So you're not a steampunk? No. You're just a motorcyclist who's named Cosmo. Basically. do you have a sidecar i
3: don't i would love a motorcycle like that though
1: yeah i could feel it i could feel that you would cosmo <laughs> <laughs> i could feel you would like to go all two fat ladies on that motorcycle <laughs> uh how often do you drive the motorcycle
3: uh i i usually only ride it in the spring and summer
1: when it's not cold mm-hmm. outside mm-hmm. so it unusual, it's an unusual it's an unusual choice for a parent of a new child
2: <laughs> <laughs> i don't like it
1: i think that i think little van agrees
2: he does. Can you hear him?
1: Do you feel uncomfortable with him driving around that motorcycle?
2: Since we've had our baby, yes.
1: Would you like to take this opportunity to tell your husband to grow up?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Cosmo, you need to grow up.
3: Ah, I like that she just
1: motorcycle. She just took it. She just took it right there. She took that opportunity. Good. Just be careful out there is what I'm saying. Two wheeler, okay? Hotshot? We'll do. Because those things are uh, those things are very dangerous.
2: Almost as dangerous as a manual.
1: Almost as dangerous as Mesa, Arizona. So please be careful. Uh, You presented some evidence. Is that right, Cosmo? That's correct. Okay. In the form of text message transcripts?
3: Yes. Okay.
1: Uh, Do you have them in front of you? Because I'd like to hear a little bit of this. We do. I do, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. This is a transcript of the text. You want me to read my part and Jen to read hers? No, actually the reverse. Okay. (laughs) Cosmo, you read Jen's part. Sure. And Jen, you read Cosmo's part.
2: Got
3: it.
1: Okay, so this is a little role reversal to see what it feels like in the other person's Victorian waistcoat.
3: (laughs) My sister is coming to pick me up. James is gone now. Who's James? James is Jen's uh, brother's one-year-old son who was sick at the time. Her her,
1: her nephew. Mm Yes. Okay, um, I apologize. Start again, please. And um, could you make the voice a little more insulting? (laughs)
2: <laughs> my sister is coming to pick me up santa just gone now I guess that means I'm picking you up tonight Do you hate that? No, it's inconvenient, but fine Sorry, <laughs> I know it sucks You should learn to drive my car I should not kill me and Van Whoa <laughs> I agree, but you should still learn to drive my car we will be dead if I drive stick.
1: Okay, you know what? Don't do that voice anymore.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's so obnoxious.
1: But pick it up, pick it up again from, from uh, Cosmo as Jen saying, we will be dead if I drive stick. Just, just do, we'll be dead if I drive stick.
3: We will be dead if I drive stick.
2: That's not true.
3: It is. I'm going to stall in an intersection and we'll get hit. Or I'm not going to be able to stop and run into a car.
2: Not if you learn how to not do those things.
3: I get too nervous and uptight.
2: If you get practice while learning, you won't be.
3: I've tried and it's just too intimidating.
2: You haven't tried that hard, which I have, and you can get over the intimidation.
1: Ugh, just thinking about it makes me nauseous. <laughs> okay, Jen, I think in that text exchange, you meant to say nauseated, is that correct? Sure. Right, because you don't cause nausea, do you? No. No, okay, good. Let's skip to the next one, please.
2: Okay. My mom is not feeling well, so we're stuck at home again. I was hoping I could get a car and we could come see you for lunch, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen. I'm going to call my dad again about my car. I hate being stranded.
1: Okay. And what day was that?
2: That was Valentine's Day.
1: Valentine's Day? You could not have that lunch was. with Cosmo?
3: Because no, the car didn't not. work. How did that no. make you
1: feel, Cosmo? Uh, I was hurt inside. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now here's the final one.
2: You
1: want me to read it? Uh, this is from February 15th. Part? Okay. The next day, car is still, is the car gone? Is your car yeah. gone at this point? It's is that what's mechanic. happening? It's at it's the, the mechanic. The mechanic. Mm-hmm. After it was stolen?
0: Yes. The,
1: okay. And and it was what was being repaired?
3: This is when it was overheating.
1: It was overheating. Okay. So it was stolen yes. and then it was overheating.
2: Yeah.
1: And then it was briefly used as a flop house. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then converted into a mobile meth lab. And then return to your home? Okay, fine. Yeah. The final exchange. Jen, you read it in your voice. Cosmo, you read your voice. Jen, go. All right.
2: My mom is still sick, so here we stay again. I need my car. We haven't left the house since Saturday, and I'm going a little crazy.
3: You should learn how to drive stick. I'm considering submitting a case to Judge John Hodsman so he makes you learn.
2: I'll win because I'm a girl. Whoa. (laughs) Whoa. I didn't know this was going to be used against me.
1: I think I've heard everything I need to hear. I'm going into, <laughs> my, into my chambers, and I will be back with my decision shortly.
0: Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Jennifer, what are you really afraid of?
2: Oh, that last little comment.
0: Is that scarier to you than the thought of getting behind the wheel of a stick shift motor vehicle?
2: no. no shift terrifies me.
0: Cosmo, couldn't you just end all of this by agreeing to buy your wife a decent car? Uh, I would be happy to buy my
3: wife a decent car under different circumstances, which we didn't get to. But
0: You sound pretty hateful. I'm not going to lie to you. (laughs) 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 Uh, Is there warmth inside of his heart?
2: A little bit. You can find it every once in a while.
0: Cosmo, why shouldn't she just drop you like a hot potato? Because, um,
3: frankly, I'm pretty hot stuff myself. So. Oh, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Back,
2: in the day. Back in his day. Back in his day.
0: <laughs> oh, gosh. Your whole life is falling apart around you, you two.
2: <laughs> All because of a manual car.
0: <laughs> Please rise as Judge John Hodgman re-enters the courtroom. Okay, hot stuff
1: one and hot stuff two, I've been giving this a lot of thought. I mean, here's my basic position. Uh, Manual transmissions are cool. The whole fight between manual and automatic transmissions is a cliche, such a cliche that I almost didn't think that I should listen to this case. And manual uh, manual transmissions are so inherently cool, and everyone knows this, that it really felt like the thing answered itself. But I did want to have one more fight about it, because this is a cliche fight that is vanishing. Manual transmissions are harder and harder and harder to find unless you live in the rest of the world where they still like to drive properly. And eventually, we won't have any of them at all. And indeed, I feel that's sad because the manual transmission is one of the last places in this culture where you actually get to interact with the machine and to feel how it works and feel that you have some control over it more than a robot somewhere inside the car. That is, unless you are a penny farthing motorcycle rider, in which case you do everything. (laughs) And so for that reason, they are intrinsically cool and they are contextually cool in that you become a part of history the moment uh, you downshift an engine brake in one. They have other pros, too. You get a little better fuel economy, although I think that that's changed to some degree. You get to do this awesome thing called engine braking. You know about that, Cosmo, right? Yes. Right. So basically, you downshift in order to slow down instead of hitting the brake, and you feel like the car is going to explode, but it just slows down. It's one of the <laughs> scariest things I've ever done in my life. Pretty awesome. But it's pretty awesome. And guess what? It saves... Uh, it saves... Uh, your your brake pads much they they last much longer particularly in hot climates you get to once you learn how to use one you can rent a car in europe that's a good thing
2: mm-hmm.
1: and the only real ban- the only downside to manual transmission aside from being more connected to the road and the driving experience and therefore more alert and therefore being a a a safer driver for your baby right is that oh. uh is that uh, it's hard, it's hard on the it's hard on the transmission t- if you're doing a lot of stop and go driving uh, on inclines on going up hills. Is it very? I mean, I know there are mountains in Arizona, but is it very hilly where you live in Mesa? No, no. It's quite flat. Okay, Cosmo, uh, I got, I got it, I got it. You don't have to rub it in. It's quite flat, and also her mom pays all the bills. Did I mention? So. I think you can see where I'm, where I'm going with this, Jen.
2: I see. I see where you're going.
1: I think that but. it is. I think that it is. Look, and here's, and here's the thing. I was scared to death, too. I learned on an automatic. I didn't. I was trained on a manual transmission in New Haven, Connecticut by Anna Henchman, a more uh, expert manual transmission driver I could not ask for, a more terrifyingly vague teacher I couldn't ask for either. And you, learn, and you learn the hard way. And it is terrifying when that, when that car stops and you, and you don't want to have stopped because you've stalled out or for whatever reason. But it really, it, it really is a learning curve where it's just so terrifying for a brief period and then all of a sudden you know how to do it and you feel great and you become a weird, uh, a weird evangelist of it the way your, your husband is, unfortunately for you. So I find in the favor of your husband... And order you to learn how to drive a manual transmission car. But here is what I'm going to say. Overriding all of these principles is that you are parents in a city that is lawless <laughs> and full of miscreants. In a, and, and in a city which is uh, un, ungodly hot a lot of the time and which you need cars to get around. Agreed. And you both, and you, and you, uh, and you live separate lives because of work and everything else. So you need to have two reliable vehicles that you both know how to drive. So you, I am hereby enjoining you to learn how to drive your husband's car, and then I am enjoining your husband and you to invest in a new, more reliable car than the one you have. I am not saying that also has to be manual. It is okay for that to be automatic. Perfect. But you do need to learn how to drive a manual car because you want to be a full member of human civilization. (laughs) And guess what, Cosmo? This blows back on you as well. The reason that you need to have two reliable cars... Is because I do not want you, sir, to be using your motorcycle for regular day-to-day transportation. I never want to take—I never want to take a motorcycle out of a dude's hands. Obviously, do you know what I mean? And I trust that you're a really responsible, safe rider, and everything else. And you seem to know it. You seem to know about engine braking, so that makes you a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> but I agree with—I agree to some degree with Jen that that if the alternative. If the, to her car being broken down is that you ride the motorcycle to work in school every day and that she take your car. That's not an agreeable alternative because I don't know what it's like there in Mesa, Arizona, but it seems like you'd be hit with flaming arrows at any time.
2: <laughs> Basically. <laughs> that's a pretty good picture.
1: So I'm not telling you to stop riding your motorcycle. Obviously you're going to do it safe, right? Of course. Right. And, and you're going to maybe like go out on the weekends and have a good time, right? Sure. Right, but you're not going to be driving to work every day, right?
3: Uh, no, not every day.
1: Right, because it's hot, and it's unbearable, and it's for fun. And you're also uh, uh, the parent of a child, and you don't want to die prematurely. So, uh, so, my, so again, I find in the favor of the husband. I enjoin you. Uh, I order uh, Jen to uh, learn how to drive a manual transmission. I look forward to a progress report. It may be that you don't want Cosmo to teach you. You may want to ask a friend or maybe your dad. <laughs> he seems to be a go to guy in your life or, or maybe just go to a driving school. It may be that it, it's like uh, like when my wife tried to teach my daughter how to ride a bicycle. Uh, there are too many, uh, too, too much family dynamics involved for that to work out properly. We had to get a stranger to do it. a stranger in the park.
2: Oh, that sounds safe.
1: Yeah. And, but it worked out perfectly. And when, she, and when the police returned her in three weeks, she knew how to ride a bicycle.
2: <laughs> there you
1: go. So uh, learn how to drive a manual transmission. Sell your car. Get something a little bit more reliable that won't be broken down. Don't put a, anything in it <laughs> that you want to keep. <laughs> and take care of the two of you. This is the sound of a gavel. Tip of the tongue. Beep, beep. Beep, beep.
0: Beep, beep. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the court. Cosmo, you won, but it was a split decision. How do you feel?
3: Uh, I felt confident going into it that he would uh, see things my way. But really, Jesse, all I want is for you to tell my wife to shut her pie
0: hole. Cosmo, shut your pie hole. Oh, thank you. Jennifer, how are you feeling?
2: I feel scared. I'm already sweating.
0: Jennifer, you Jennifer. have
1: so much. You have so much empty road in Arizona.
2: No. Do you know how many, pa- how many how
1: many parking lots trip? you have out there?
2: How many what?
1: Parking lots. It's parking. a place where you put a car when you're not driving it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I
2: just said something else. As opposed
1: as, app- as opposed to leaving it on the lawn of a meth addict, <laughs> where apparently you've been leaving the car before. You can't go through life having mom and dad. Pay for your Valium so you can sit at home and drink Crystal Light <laughs> in, order to, in order to hide from your fears. It's not the 70s anymore.
0: You're going to have to get a phone that sends text messages one of these days.
2: No, it can at least do text messages.
0: Yeah, but it prints them out, right?
2: Yes, it does. Oh, no.
0: I look forward, I look forward to hearing of your progress. All right. Jennifer Cosmo, thank you for joining us on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Thank you. Same. A contentious case, Judge Hodgman. Go, Grease
1: Hodgman! Case. You're burning up the quarter mile. Grease Hodgman, go, Grease Hodgman, go, Grease Hodgman! You're going through the heat lab trials. You are supreme. The chicks will cream. For Greece, Hodgman, 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 Hodgman,
0: Hodgman, Hodgman, Gavel Sound. What'd you say, Jesse? Oh, I'm sorry, I wasn't paying attention. I was tending to my ducktail.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: right? That's a thing, right? My
1: favorite part <laughs> My favorite part is when the ducktailed guy in Greece, one of the many ducktailed guys in Greece, one of the T birds, right? Is that what they're called? The T birds? I don't think I've ever seen Greece. <laughs> and Summer Love Honey goes Tell me more, tell me more Did she put up a fight? Like <laughs> Yeah, that's nice This <laughs> <laughs> is a fun family Tell me though. more, tell me more Were you forced to rape her? <laughs> that's a fun family Fun family musical that I saw When I was nine years old And <laughs> it obviously shaped my view of the world But I like those two in Arizona They're gonna be okay
0: Um, Well, look, speaking of things that are going to be okay, we have this docket, and it's only going to be okay if we clear it out a little bit. All right. King of the Segway, Jesse Thorne, let's hear it. Here's something from Laura. Uh, Dear Judge Hodgman, I'm not neurotic, but... (laughs) Note to court, Uh, neurotic. (laughs) I'm not neurotic, but I like to make sure people around me aren't dead or in pain. (laughs) If my husband doesn't say anything for more than 30 minutes, I'll ask him if he's okay. If my dogs don't move in their sleep for more than an hour, I shake them to make sure they're not dead. I usually assume my husband has gotten into a horrific car crash and is dead if I get home before him and mentally prepare myself for widowhood until he eventually gets home. Husband says this is annoying and especially mean to our dogs. I think it's a small price to pay for all this love I have to give to them. Uh thank you, Lara. Uh, I love how normal you sound when you say,
1: I usually think my husband has had a horrific car crash when I get home before him. (laughs) Uh, I don't mean to laugh. I do think that you might want to. Let me put it to you this way, Laura. You are neurotic and you ought to see uh, a therapist to help you with uh, your anxiety, which I'm sure is totally manageable through a little talk therapy, maybe a glass of wine and an appreciation that your dogs will probably live through their sleep. Uh, In the meantime, as you're working through that problem, instead of shaking your dogs and scaring your husband all the time, just
0: get a little mirror to hold into their noses. That way you'll know if they're breathing. Next question. Here's something from Rick. I purchased the popular flip camera for my wife Rachel's birthday. Oh, jeez. I hope this isn't some kind of buzz marketing scheme for this defunct company. (laughs) You, you have
1: you have basically just uh, burned uh, three quarters of the answer that I had prepared for these people. But thank you. What a nice start! What a nice start! No, don't this? start again. I want you to read this because it's better this way. This clearly is a buzz marketing scheme for a defunct company, and I want you to read the whole thing and note, take note of how many times they actually say the name of the product. Start from the top
0: so that I can I can keep a tally. Okay. I purchased the popular flip camera for my Be. wife Rachel's birthday. She had expressed interest in owning one to take both still and moving digital pictures of our two young children, ages six and four. Though neither one of us have ever used the flip camera, one of its main selling points is ease of use. Therefore, I do not feel it is my job to teach her how to operate it. Conversely, she believes part of the birthday gift package, as it were, is for me to provide a full tutorial in flip camera... Use techniques and best practices Six months after the purpose The flip camera has yet To leave its box We are at a standoff She won't open it until I teach her how it works I think she should take five minutes And figure it out herself for crying out loud Okay I think we can
1: stop there Yeah Uh, That was one uh, Two, three Four messages of flip camera Buzz marketed on this podcast uh, which I will allow, because as of 2011, as you note, Jesse, this product no longer exists. <laughs> <laughs> and thus it's sort of archaically charming. It's sort of the, 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 the Polaroid film of
0: digital uh, digital video. They don't make it anymore. It's become a collector's what, item. What's amazing is that she has been refusing to use it so long that it's no longer made. <laughs> she may be the reason. She's the reason. <laughs> They said if if we can't if we can't get
1: Rachel to to use this thing we might as well shut it down. So you're responsible for the economy, Rachel. Sorry. Um, here's my ruling. Both of you are hateful. First of all, you're buzz marketing this thing on my podcast. Second, uh, the dude is refusing to take pictures of his kids out of spite, and she's refusing to learn how to use the outdated camera also out of spite. And they have this weird stalemate. Here's what I say. Throw that thing in the river Go to this website Theimpossibleproject.com Where they sell old and new Polaroid cameras And new and vintage Polaroid film And get some vintage film and a vintage camera And give that to your wife And she will know how to use that because it's easy And you will uh, finally do your job as a father And get some pictures of your kids for once And you'll have a good time with an archaic product Instead of the misery that you enjoy now That sounds kind and generous yeah, instead, instead of stalemating over this flip camera thing, get something that's fun and easy to use, theimpossibleproject.com. Buzz marketing, which I will only do for archaic, out-of-date products.
0: Oh, there's a new podcast in the Maximum Fun family. Look, I just dropped my pen. What? I know, it's that exciting. Um, it's a great show called Throwing Shade, hosted by uh, the very, very brilliant Aaron Gibson and Brian Safi. It is... Um, well, I don't know if this is actually true, but they claim to be the om- the world's only podcast hosted by a woman and a gay. I could think of some things to say, but I'm not going to. They take all of the most important issues going on in the world of women's and gays, uh, all of your uh, positive and negative news in the world of... Uh, uh, ladies and homosexuals, and uh, then they treat it with much less respect than it deserves. <laughs> they basically make a lot of fun of all kinds of stuff. It's a really hilarious, brilliant show, and also I think uh, borderline important. I can't wait it's, to listen to it. It's a great show. MaximumFun.org or search for it in iTunes. And hey, uh, one other thing: uh, the Max Fun Drive coming up uh, starts uh, March 26th. So. I hope everyone has those pledging fingers warming up to support this show and all of the shows of MaximumFun.org. Jesse, may I make one last announcement before we go? Oh, of
1: course. By the time you humans of the internet are hearing this, I will be getting close to your town, especially if your town is Minneapolis or Madison or Milwaukee or Chicago. That's right. I'm visiting all of the big M cities of the Midwest, Minneapolis, Madison, Milwaukee, Chicago, Chicago, along with our friends uh, Kevin Murphy and Bill Corbett, uh, March 29th, 2012, and then the 30th, and then the 31st, and then the 1st. You can get all the details at my website, areasofmyexpertise.com, forward slash tour, or go to bit.ly, bit.ly
0: forward slash hodgmania. Oh, that sounds tremendous. I just got a chance to see uh, the live Hodgman extravaganza in person here in Los Angeles, and... Uh, this is not something that you're going to want to miss. I mean, the reality is that if you miss this, you're just going to be punching yourself in the face for at least six months afterwards, just out of sheer self disappointment. And I do not want that on my conscience.
1: I don't want your self punched face on my conscience. Well, I think we moved a lot of podcasts, a lot of a lot of tickets, a lot of free t-shirts, and a lot of justice today, Jesse. Thank you so much.
0: Okay. We're we're just taking care of business, John. All right. We'll talk to you next time on the Judge John Hodgman Podcast. I will be here. Will you? The Judge John Hodgman Podcast is a production of MaximumFun.org. Our special thanks to all of the folks who donate to support the show and all of our shows at MaximumFun.org slash donate. The show is produced by Julia Smith and me, Jesse Thorne, and edited by Mark McConville. You can check out his podcast, Super Ego, in iTunes or online at GoSuperEgo.com. You can find John Hodgman online at AreasOfMyExpertise.com. If you have a case for Judge John Hodgman, go to MaximumFun.org slash JJHO. If you have thoughts about the show, join the conversation on our forum at Forum.MaximumFun.org and our Facebook group at Facebook.com slash hodgman. We'll see you online and next time right here on the Judge John Hodgman podcast.